So 72 hours that saved the entire Jewish race and changed the course of history forever. 72 hours. In the book of Esther, roughly 1,200 years after Joseph. So, you know, we've been talking about all the different things. And I was like, hmm, okay, so now we have an issue with the Jews again. How long was it? So 1,200 years after Joseph, okay, we have a problem again. The Jews are on the verge of destruction and dis extinction, all because of an evil conspiracy by Haman, right? One of the king's advisors. Haman was filled with anger against the Jews and a Jew named Mordecai, Queen Esther's uncle, all because he didn't bow or show him respect publicly because Mordecai wouldn't bow. Haman wanted to destroy all the Jews throughout the entire kingdom just because they were the people of Mordecai. So picture this. There's a man. He decides everyone needs to bow. This man doesn't bow. I can't stand you. You're not bowing. Now I'm going to kill you and all your people. Okay, definitely talk about an anger problem. But God had a plan in all of this. God had allowed Mordecai to overhear a plot to assassinate the king. It just happened to be there, and we know that it was the Lord. And this will definitely be remembered later on by the king. When Mordecai heard the news, he and all the Jews began to pray, weep, and fast. Okay, so they're hearing now that they're going to be killed. And what they do is they get together. Of course, they're praying, they start crying, and they're fasting. So turn to someone and say, they begin to pray, weep, and fast. Can you guys turn the lights up so they can see if they want to look in their Bibles? Thanks. Here's what I ask you to put yourself in the shoes of the Jews. I always do that. I say, okay, this is a story, but it was real and it happened. So how do you think that they were feeling? They must have thought that God had totally abandoned them, right, in this foreign country. They must have been truly scared. Mordecai then goes to Queen Esther, who's his niece, and he starts pleading to help. Mordecai requests Esther, and he says, please, please, can you go to the king? Now, remember, if she goes, what's going to happen? She's risking her life. And the way it worked is if someone asked to come before the king and he didn't call you, okay, and he hadn't called her in 30 days, so it had been a whole month since she had even seen him. So he would be sitting there in his chair and he'd have his scepter like this, okay? You would walk in, and if he didn't go like this with his scepter, guess what happened? Your head was chopped off. Like, seriously, it didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter if you were your kids, his wife. He would kill you. So she has no idea whether he's going to let her come before him or not. So Esther's scared. I would be. She was scared for her life. Not just scared to go before him and he wouldn't answer. Scared that if he didn't go like this, she would be killed. So she is truly alone in this palace. She's the only Jew. Can you imagine it? Think about it. Have you ever felt alone? I know I have. She was alone. So what does Esther do? Does she say, I'm not going to do it? I'm sure she thought about it. She calls for three days of fasting and praying. Turn to someone and say, three days of fasting and praying. And here is what she said. Go gather all the Jews who are present and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. 
My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. That's like some heavy-duty statement, full of courage, guys, knowing that she's going before the king, but saying we're going to fast and pray that God's going to go before me. So God hears her plea. Three days later, Esther calls upon the king to come to dinner with her and Haman. And because the king cared for her, and I believe that God gave her, him a love for her. Of course, she was beautiful, but a love for her. He received her invitation, and he did not kill her. Turn to someone and say, Esther is saved. In the meantime, Haman has built the gallows. They were 75 feet tall. Okay, so this is about 35 feet, almost twice the size of the ceiling. I don't even know how they would get him up there. Okay, and a tiny little man. But I guess he was trying to make some big show that you don't bow to me, so you're going to hang on a 75-foot gallows. And it was supposed to happen the next morning. But God caused the king not to be able to sleep that night. And he had the book of records read to him. When he got to the part about Mordecai, saving his life, he asked, what has been done for him? He saved my life. And they answered, nothing. So the king now, this is the cool part, king summons Haman to him and he says, what should we do to honor such an incredible man? Now he's thinking it's about him because he thinks he's great. And he says, I want you to get robes and I want you to get rings and I want you to put them on a horse and I want you to parade them all around the city. And of course, Mordecai is so excited because he thinks it's him. And isn't that like the Lord? He's so cool. He turns everything around. Well, when Esther, Haman, and the king sat down to their meal, Esther began to plead with the king and saying, please don't kill me. So the king is totally shocked. He's like, what do you mean, don't kill you? He had no idea that she was talking about him killing her because she was a Jew, and he had no idea. So Esther reveals Haman's plan to kill all the Jews, and then she tells the king, I'm a Jew. Now, once again, he could have killed her. Because she lied. She didn't tell him. She kept it a secret. But that's not what happened. The king is so angry, not with her, with Haman, that, and threatening his queen's life, Haman and his ten sons were hanged on the day set for the execution of the Jews. The Jews were not executed. Haman and his sons were. On the gallows that Haman built to kill Mordecai on. So they're hanged on the day that the Jews are supposed to be killed. And on the gallows that was supposed to be used for Mordecai. God is faithful, I'm telling you. Even though circumstances look bad, right? God is faithful. Again, God is awesome. He hears the pleas as they fasted and prayed. But it's not over yet. It gets better. Esther goes before the king again and asks him to issue another decree. And Andrew talked to me about this. And he goes, you know, not only were they not killed, the king says this. Now, let me just tell you, the king had um, a signet ring, and I don't know if you guys have ever done it. You, you take wax, like from a candle, and you drip it, and then you take, like, a thing, and you put it in there, and it makes, like, an impression. I don't know. We used to do it a long time ago, and, like, to seal letters, like, for fun. So he took his signet ring, and he put it into that, into that decree that said all Jews had to be killed. So he couldn't take it back. So she said, please write another decree, and this is what she wrote. Now, write another decree in the king's name, in behalf of all the Jews, whatever seems best to you, and seal it 
with the king's signet ring. For now there's a new document written in the king's name, and it cannot be revoked. And this is what the new decree stated. The king's edict will grant the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy and kill and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children, and to plunder the property of all their enemies. So not only are they not killed, now the, the king gives them permission that let's say Marvin comes, right, and he wants to kill me because I'm a Jew. I can totally kill him right there and take all of his property, his family, everything, and it's all mine, and I don't get in trouble. Pretty cool, huh? So when Mordecai left the king's presence, he was, marrying, he was wearing garments of blue and white, a large crown of gold, and a purple robe of fine linen. And the city held a joyous celebration for the Jews. It was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. In every province and in every city to which the edict of the king came, there was joy and gladness among the Jews with feasting and celebrating. This reminds me of the three Hebrew boys, right? We talked about it. If they didn't bow, Mordecai would not bow. The boys were thrown into a furnace. Mordecai and all the Jews were going to be killed. But the difference kind of between these two stories is that the three Hebrew boys, it was meant to show forth God's power to the entire world. I don't know if you remember as we talked about it, that the king was like, this is the God of all gods. Everyone needs to worship this God. But the story of Esther and the Jews being saved was to show the Jews that as they drew near to the Lord through fasting and praying, he would draw near to them. He heard their pleas and he answered them. It was for the Jews it was to strengthen their faith. Those 72 hours of fasting changed the history of the world. They would have been annihilated, and there would have been no Jewish population at all. When Esther approached the king on behalf of her people, they became a nation, not of defeat, annihilation, suffering, and shame, but a nation of favor. They received honor and promotion all because of three days. 72 hours of prayer and fasting. In the book of Joel, God promises that in the later days, he's going to pour out his spirit. And this is what it says. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men service and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit. But this great end times outpouring, which I believe is happening, can only come through prayer and fasting. It says, consecrate a fast, which we're doing. Call an assembly together. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord and cry out to the Lord. Evangel, we're crying out. Just like Esther's people, your fasting and your prayers can change history. I truly believe that. Fasting is about a breakthrough into faith. It's about the Lord taking us into a deeper relationship with him. And I believe as we corporately fast, we can begin to get corporate breakthroughs. Healings and deliverances are taking place. He will deepen our faith. We'll be drawn closer to him and closer to each other. Our spiritual eyesight is going to be 2020, right? What is better than 2020? 1020? 1010? All right, we're going to like see everything. 
In Isaiah, I thought this was so cool. Isaiah 58, 6 through 12 says, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked, clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, I am here. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the need of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called, and I want you to listen to this, repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. Evangel. We will be called Repair and Restore. This is exactly what we're doing. Meeting the needs of the needy, the hungry, the oppressed, the poor, and the hurting. Just like the words in Esther 4.14, you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I want to tell you that you have come to evangel for such a time as this. God brought you here to evangel for his purpose and his timing is perfect. He doesn't make mistakes. He has a plan for evangel, and each one of you is part of it. Don't be afraid of what he's calling to do. He's asking us to step out in faith. And I want to encourage you with some words from Pastor Steph that he's written. You know, he had a sinus infection, and he had to take antibiotics. You know, he was in the hospital. He came home, hasn't been able to get the new medication, you know, and some of those things, they make me crazy because I'm like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? And God just reminded me, I have a plan. Just rest in me. I know what I'm doing. Right? He does. Keeps telling me that. So he goes Thursday for his new medication, and we're just going to be praying about that. Um, but here's some of his words to you. Can you guys just put up those slides? There's three slides that I have to show you. The first one says that fear, and I showed you these before, fear is fuel for Satan. I have no fear. I am in God's hands and in his plan. Guys, that's his word to you. Okay, he said it, but it's to you. We have no fear. We're in his plan. Can you put the second one up? Okay, so the greater the test, the greater the test imoni. With no test, there's no money. So, guys, you've been going through some tests but you're going to have an amazing testimony at the end of it. And the last one, dear prayer warriors, thank you for praying. No matter how tough it gets, how lonely you feel, how horrible everything looks, have no fear for Jesus is with you and he loves you. That's from pastor to you. And in Acts 13 too, it says, they were worshiping God. They were also fasting. 
And as they waited for guidance, the Holy Spirit spoke. So as I was putting this sermon together, the Lord spoke to me in my journaling this week, seriously. I was worshiping, I was singing these songs, and I truly believe he gave me a powerful word for us as a church, and I want to read it to you. It says, Evangel Church, I will come through for you. I know your needs, and I will restore it all. I see your hearts. I see your desire to spend time with me. And I see you all spending time with me all day long. I am well pleased, and I'm so happy. Please get ready. The explosion is here. The church is going to fill with people dedicated to me, a mighty army. You are truly showing my true character. I am your number one fan, and I have an incredible plan, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. I just love you. And I love that you're touching our community. You are loving them, caring for them, and leading them to Jesus, my son. The next 20 years are going to be wild and filled with blessings upon blessings. I will show forth my great power and glory through evangel. I will do miraculous things among you. I will do miracles. I will move. I am moving. I am speaking I am doing a new thing. I've opened the storehouses of heaven, and I will pour out my spirit and my blessings upon you. I will bless you, strengthen you, keep you safe, keep you healthy, fill you with my spirit, fill you with my power, courage, boldness, anointing, and strength. You are mine, and I have called you. You are ready. You have everything you need. Just keep doing exactly what you're doing. I am thrilled and overjoyed. I love you. And then he said, it's on. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, I'm excited, guys. 2020 is going to be amazing. So I have a verse. For I'm about to do something new. See how I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create waters. In the dry wasteland. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. Those are his words to us, guys. You know, it's been a long haul. My dad was sick for a long time, Stefan, but God is saying that he's going to repair it all, he's going to restore it all, and he's going to use us in a mighty way. I've told God, and, and Lisa knows this, I always told him, don't use us and don't, don't make a revival happen until we're ready. And I believe we're ready. I do. I truly believe it. So I want to ask all of you to come to the front. I know I do this, but I think it's really important. And as I do, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and get ready. In Acts 13, 2, it says that they were worshiping God. So I want you to come all the way up. Come on. Squish in. They were fasting. And as they waited for guidance, the Holy Spirit spoke. We're fasting. We're praying. We're waiting, and the Lord is speaking to Evangel. The Lord is moving. He is on the move. He said to me, I will bless you. This is the church. I will bless you guys. I will strengthen you. I will keep you safe, keep you healthy, fill you with my spirit, fill you with my power. I will give you courage and boldness, anointing and strength. So as we sing this song, and it's a new song, and we sang it all week, and I cried as I sang it. 
I'm asking the Lord to move upon us. I'm going to ask him to speak to us, to heal us, to strengthen us. I want him to do the miraculous because we're giving him an arena to do it. The Lord is saying to you today, I have heard your pleas and I will answer. I will move. He said to me, I will do the miraculous things among you. I will do miracles. I will move. I am moving. I am speaking. I am doing a new thing. So today we're saying, Lord, move. Move. We're telling the Lord to move among us. We're going to ask you, God, to move. And as we sing this song, I just want you to ask the Lord to come. I want you to ask him to move in your life. I want you to ask him to move in the church. I want you to ask him to strengthen you. I want you to ask him to fill you with power. I want you to ask him to fill you with more of him because he's here and he's moving amongst us. And there is nothing that he can't do. There is nothing that's too difficult for him, nothing that's too hard for him. So today, we're saying to the Lord, move.